2: every day. Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am Carson Cunningham. Exciting show for you today. I hopped on the Locked On Pacers podcast with Adam Friedman to break down tonight's game between the Indiana Pacers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Fun conversation with him. It was interesting to get his perspective on tonight's game And more importantly, just his perspective on the resurgence of Victor Oladipo and Domas Sabonis in Indiana. Get his take on the trade and how everything went down with Paul George. Because, let's face it, I mean, Paul George leaving Indiana was a lot like Kevin Durant leaving Oklahoma City. Paul played seven years for Indiana, was their franchise player, demanded a trade. And we're going to get his perspective on just Paul George as a player, how he's fit in with the Thunder and much more. So without further ado, let's get with Adam.
1: All right. Welcome in the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I am one of the co-hosts of the Locked On Pacers podcast. And joining me today is the Locked On Thunder host. And on the other line is Carson Cunningham. Thank you for joining me, Carson. How are you today?
2: I'm doing well, Adam. Good to be with you. Uh, unfortunately, both the teams we cover are one and two to start the year, but there's been some uh, good signs so far. So we're
1: recording this on a Monday, so before the Pacers... Back-to-back games on Tuesday, and Wednesday. So, are you still recovering from that loss last night to to the Timberwolves?
2: Yes, and it's it's amazing, Adam. I've, we've said this for years here in Oklahoma City that there's one thing the Thunder aren't, and it's boring. No matter who's on the team, when they had Kevin, when they didn't have Kevin, now with this team, they're a thrill a minute. And yes, uh, it was interesting to see Russell defer to Carmelo, who hit what we thought was going to be the game-winning shot, and then of course Andrew Wiggins called glass and and beat them. So it was. It was one of the game of the year candidates, if not you know the fourth quarters of the year already, and it's only the third game of the season, so I'm still catching my breath.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought it was the best game so far this season. I mean, just I mean obviously the ending seals it as like maybe the best game so far. But the back and forth of it, I mean, you got to think the Thunder and T Wolves are two of probably that like two, three, four range in the Western Conference. So they're going to be battling it out. So it, it was it was awesome game, and it was really kind of cool to see some of the more established guys in the league go against some of the younger guys in the league. I just I thought it was an awesome game.
2: Yeah, and two teams that, you know, are just now assembled together, you know, they didn't have anything close to the talent level they had uh last year now that they they all kind of had a big off season, so yeah, I think those two teams are going to be watching each other in the standings all season long for playoff positioning. So really it was a huge win for the T-Wolves as far as uh, playoff standings will be concerned at the end of the year. Yeah. So for some of the Pacers fans that are
1: listening to this right now, they might not have watched, they might have watched last night's game because it was an awesome game and kind of the marquee one of the night, especially if you weren't willing to watch football. But so what has been kind of the most surprising thing about this Thunder team through three games for you?
2: Basically, that Carmelo Anthony and Paul George haven't been able to hit open jump shots. I mean, their, their offense, which we all expected to kind of start slow as they learn to play with one another. But they're getting open looks. And Paul George especially has struggled. He's shooting 37% from the field and just 33% from three-point land. So it's, that's been the most surprising thing. We all knew they were going to have growing pains. I didn't expect them to you know, win 10 in a row to start the year or anything of that nature. I kind of expected them to be around 500 through the first month. And that, that's not surprising they've lost a couple games. It's just the fact that their two big acquisitions have not shot the ball well at all, despite being open for the most part.
1: Yeah, I I don't want to do what totally so as a Pacer fan, I could have kind of saw some of this Paul George not being the great I mean, he likes he wants to be a spot up shooter, probably wants to be kind of a superstar in this league, but he hasn't he's not always the greatest like just jump shooter in this league. Um, have you all been surprised by also Westbrook's just complete and utter, willing really just defer to those guys? Like he's basically decided that he doesn't want to be a thirty point guy anymore he's willing to have twelve assists a game.
2: Yeah, and I think I think we kind of saw that coming because, you know, last year he was unbelievable at passing. His assists were way up. And you kind of knew he wanted to make these two guys comfortable alongside of him. But as you saw in the Timberwolves game, Russell finally said, you know what, I'm the MVP of the league. I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing last year, and that's attacking the rim and the offense going through him. And that's really when they made their comeback, Adam, is when he kind of went into MVP mode and said, I got this. But, yeah, it has been a little surprising in that he's he's gone over the top with it as far as his deferring and trying to get the other guys involved. And that's all well and good, and it's it's encouraging to see that because, you know, Russell has that reputation as a, a ball hog. But there's times where you're like, hey, you're Russell Westbrook. Go, you're a two-time scoring champion in the league. go Go make something happen because these other two guys don't have their shot right now. So, yeah, it has been a little bit of a surprise and a little bit of a concern that he's deferred almost too much so far.
1: Yeah, um, he's put up basically – he's the third highest scorer on the team right now, which is just surprising, averaging 19 points. But he's putting up almost 12 assists, so that that's awesome. Um, so then let's just talk about Carmelo. So we hit the the, the big three, we hit George, we hit Westbrook, we hit the big three. What has been kind of your thoughts on Carmelo? Uh, it was kind of a last-minute trade, so he's been on the team probably, give or take, two or three weeks now. Um, you know, he – you know I'm not a huge Carmelo fan I wasn't a big fan of him towards the end of his time in New York I thought he's a little bit of a selfish player didn't really want to play defense wasn't willing to play the four as much but what's been kind of your initial thoughts of him I mean he almost won the game for Thunder yesterday
2: yeah it's it's been interesting you know how he didn't had such reluctance to play the four to uh, I don't know defer to teammates in New York so that was obviously a huge concern and just the fact that he joined the Oklahoma City Thunder, where he kind of knows he's the third star and he comes to the sm- one of the smallest markets in the league, I thought was a big step for him just to kind of change that narrative. But I think through three games, we've seen some of the issues that people have with him. He is a ball stopper. He gets the ball, it's going up. And I don't think it's been to the point where it's just a huge detriment to the team. I and mean, he's, he's brought on the team to score. But there has been a lot of that, Adam, where, The ball stops and it's going up if he has an inkling of space. So that that's something that I think they're working on. His his shooting hasn't been great either. And I was actually Adam, I was surprised they ran the last play for him. That was something we were really looking forward to. Is you have Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. Who's getting the last shot? And instead of Russell, who had the most clutch stats of anybody in the league last year in the last five minutes, they ran a brilliant play for a wide open Carmelo, and Carmelo hit an open shot despite not shooting it well all all night. And What's also interesting, Adam, is when he was a Denver Nugget, nobody in the nobody not named Russell or Kevin has hit more big shots in Oklahoma City. And he, he picked up right where he left off with the Nuggets in his first uh, real big attempt for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But to answer your question just... He's a bit of a ball stopper. He's a bit of an ISO artist, and we've seen that through three games. Yeah, I think ball stopper is a great
1: way to describe Carmelo. Um, I, like I said, I just have I've never been a big fan of him. I mean, I think at one point Carmelo was one of the better players in this league in the his early uh, Nuggets days. But basically, since he went to New York. That besides that one year, where Patriot fans remember that the. Roy Hibbert basically blocked when he blocked Melo at the rim and shut down those that Knicks playoff run. He just hasn't been that good of a player, in my opinion. I think he's been sort of more worried about putting up points and building his brand and his off-the-court stuff, which, you know, I commend him. He's been great socially active off the court, but just on the court, he hasn't been that great of a player. So do you think with when it comes to those three – so he shot the game winning shot us, like Anthony did. Do you think going forward, it's just – more time with Westbrook, Anthony and George will get them kind of playing better and maybe they'll kind of knock out some of Carmelo's ball-stopping thing or you think it's just kind of it's set in his way he's 33 years old it's just the way it is?
2: I think he to a certain extent he is what he is he's a he's an isolation scorer which even you know Kevin Durant was the same way I think a lot of you know people wanted to blame Russell Westbrook a lot for the Thunder's isolation ball when Kevin Durant's best in the world at getting the ball and going to get a bucket so I think as far as Carmelo's concerned, I think he is going to adjust some of his game with Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I think that just comes with playing basketball with with guys you've never played before. And I think people need to think back to the Miami Heat in 2010. A very similar situation with three stars coming together who hadn't played together. They started that year 9-8. and eight. And I think that's kind of what we're going to see. I think, yes, it'll, it's going to take Carmelo, I think, a month or two to kind of learn how to adjust his game to Russell and Paul George. And I think we're already seeing that because – at times, it has looked like, okay, Paul, it's your turn. Go shoot an open three. Okay, Carmelo, get the ball, jab step, take an open long two. Russell, pick and roll, just go to the... like. It seems right now it's your turn, my turn. And I do think Billy Donovan's a good coach. I think he draws exceptional last-second plays. As you saw, he got Carmelo wide open. And I think I trust Billy Donovan, these three guys, to acquiesce to one another. But it's something we're gonna have to see. Because so far, it has looked a little disjointed offensively. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, you can't take
1: uh, look uh, look too much into the, what the season to start looks like because the Heat. I mean, any new team that's gonna have basically three former number one options on teams is just gonna struggle to start because chemistry is gonna be an issue, especially when these guys. You know, Carmel was basically brought in last minute. Yes, George had all offseason, but like Carmel was brought in last minute and kind of thrown into the fire of this team. Um, but, you know, like you said about Donovan, I like him. I like the way he used to kind of play Westbrook and uh, Durant together. He kind of – he at one point kind of figured out how to stagger them a little bit better than Scotty Brooks used to. And so, you know, with the Thunder, they're always going to have one of Anthony Jordan Westbrook on the floor at all times, and which is like an incredible asset because that's having one of the best scorers in the league on the floor at all times, which is just incredible at times. Um, so just moving on past the big three – is there any kind of bench player on the Thunder the Patriots be looking to? I know they, they basically have played a ton of minutes at the top three guys, but then there's been kind of Adams. He's not a bench player, but he's played a lot of other minutes. You mean, is, is Roberson looked well? I haven't I like I said, I haven't caught a ton of Thunder games yet. I caught just the last the one last night.
2: Well, <clears throat> a huge issue for Oklahoma City right now is Andre Roberson is an absolute head case right now. I mean, he's, his minutes are way down. We all know he can't shoot on offense, but his free throws have become – Not just a liability, but it's become to a point where a $10 million player who's your best defender literally cannot be on the floor. That happened against Minnesota. They fouled him. He airballed two free throws. And he sat from like midway through the third quarter all the way until 20 seconds left in the game. And so the Thunder actually, Adam, have been exceptional on defense. That's one thing Paul George has done really well, but... Andre Robertson being a head case has really hurt them so far. I don't know if he's going to get out of that. And their bench has been a problem. Alex Abrines is the guy we all kind of expected to have a big step up off the bench. He's an elite three-point shooter, but the Timberwolves did this, and I think the Indiana will be smart to do it too. Every time he was on the floor, they gave it to whoever was was going at Abrines, and they just exploited him defensively. And so they had to put Robertson back out there, and then they – Timberwolves fouled Andre Robertson, put him on the line and and got him out of the game. So the bench has been a problem so far. Patrick Patterson was kind of the guy we all expected to be the sixth man off the bench. He can play a number of positions, can defend a number of positions, but he had off-season surgery on his knee, still coming back from that. He has looked sluggish so far. So the bench, which we kind of thought was going to be a strength, has kind of been a weakness so far. Raymond Felton's played exceptional at backup point guard. He's been the lone bright spot off the bench. But I think... Indiana can really, when they start to stagger Russell, Paul, and, and Melo with their bench players, that's where Indiana can make some hay because their bench has not looked good at all thus far.
1: Yeah, I think the Patriots are fortunate to actually get Oklahoma City this early in the season because, like you said earlier, I think it's going to take them a little bit to get going and figure out, you know, they're still doing some injuries at Patterson. They're kind of figuring out the minutes still. And so I think catching them this early in the season might be an advantage to them because they might not get the the best Oklahoma City thing that you're going to see by game 50 or 60 of this season. But – um so i guess my like kind of like transition sort of into the some of the pace players you know the thunder and pacers made a big trade this season i, I didn't hit it on earlier but they made a big trade between with Sabonis and old depot for paul george so what are your kind of thoughts on Sabonis and old depot i know you've only they're only there for one year so there's not like a ton of sample size from thunder but what were thunder fans opinions of those two guys
2: well, they, they really had a, a solid regular season. You know, Victor Oladipo is a guy everyone was super fired up to get. I remember when he was coming in the draft, there were rumors the Thunder were going to move up to number one or number two to get Victor. So when he came here, there was a lot of excitement. There was this this narrative that him and Russell together were going to be this just defensive dynamo in the backcourt, and we're just going to give teams all sorts of problems. But really, Oladipo just kind of became the second scoring option, and their defense wasn't really that great. And then in the playoffs. You know Sabonis started every game at power forward, and then he barely played at all in the playoffs. They just completely gave up on on Sabonis. And Oadipo had just one of the worst playoff series a guy can have of his stature, just did not shoot the ball well at all. It was a big reason they lost that series to the Rockets. But I think that kind of left a bad taste in people's mouth about Victor and, and Sabonis. I think a lot of people are still high on Sabonis' potential. Uh, I think he can be a really good power forward, stretch forward. But when you can turn those two guys into Paul George, people were obviously here ecstatic. But I do think Victor had a really good regular season. It was just the playoffs really kind of soured people on Victor and Sabonis moving forward. So I think once they made that trade, people were here were fired up. But I I do think Victor and Sabonis both have really good potential, and you've seen that so far with Indiana. It's been really, I think a lot of people here locally have been very uh, happy for those two guys to kind of find a situation where they can really get the ball more and, and thrive more. It seems like. Yeah, I think just those two guys fit better with the Pacers than they did with Oklahoma City. I think actually Paul George
1: fits better as a number two option in some sense than as a number one guy because he's just not quite good enough to be the number one guy. I mean, he's just he's not quite good offensively. He's a really great defender, but doesn't quite have the offensive game to be the number one guy on a team like Westbrook is. Westbrook's like just an awesome, dynamic offensive player that can score from all a bunch of different ways. And Paul doesn't quite have that. But I think on the flip side, Sabonis and Oladipo, um, you know, didn't quite fit in with the team. I don't think Sabonis plays great at the power forward. I think he plays better at the center when mm-hmm. Miles Turner has been out in the past two games, the Pagers have played him at center and you can kind of see that the Sabonis fits in a little better at the center position being kind of the the tough kind of bruising center. And then Olin Depot just needed to kind of get in a place where he could be kind of the guy with the ball in his hands because he's not he's not a great spot up shooter. And that's kind of what Westbrook needs is some good spot up shooters around him. And Olin is better he's kind of a he's kind of like Westbrook where he likes to have the ball in his hand, needs to get to the rim, needs to kind of be controlling things in some
2: sense. Yeah, is that is that what uh, Victor's doing more in Indiana? Is he playing more of the point guard position? Because it did seem at times when he was just standing on the wing as as the two guard that he he really felt out of place and it wasn't much of a. He's just not a spot up type shooter. You're right. He's better when he's creating off the dribble. Is he playing more point guard with Indiana? Yeah, so he's been – I wouldn't say he's bringing up the ball as a guard, but the offense is running through him. So he's not – he's like a
1: career 35% three-point shooter. So he's not terrible, but he's just not the best. Like He's not like some of these spot-up guys, like even like Korver, like that kind of sense of guys, just like 40-plus percent from three. But he's been doing a really good job of when he gets the ball, going to the rim and kind of distributing it around. And he's just been – extremely all over, like athletic. Like I kind of think of it as like he he watched Westbrook for a year. It was like, I'm, I can play like that. He's not probably as athletic as Westbrook, but he thinks he is, and he kind of has some of the same athleticism as Westbrook, but he thinks that I can be the guy that can do everything. I can be all over the floor stealing balls, grabbing rebounds, you know, driving to the rim, shooting step He's like and he's been doing it all. And he's actually – he was a big reason why they won that first game and a big reason why they didn't get blown out against Miami and almost had a shot to win because he just sort of willed them back into the game.
2: Yeah, I do think he's very underrated, Adam. I think he's better than his reputation is in the league, and I think he's going to get a real chance to show that with Indiana and has through those two games you mentioned. And another thing about Sabonis, excuse me, that's interesting is, you know, the Thunder asked him to shoot a lot of corner threes and shoot basically be a stretch four and shoot three pointers. And there was a stretch last year, I think through September or November, he were for a month he missed like 26 straight threes. So it's interesting that he's only taken two this year and playing more around the rim, where for me, that's where he always seemed more comfortable. It sounds like they're getting him down low a lot more where his low post moves can really be effective because the Thunder really tried to force a square peg into a round hole. I understand the NBA is moving towards a three-point line, even with bigs, even guys like Miles Turner. But it seems like he was never comfortable with that, and it looks like they're using him um, more effectively in Indiana.
1: Yeah, and... I think it has to do with Turner's injury where he's getting, he's been thrust into the center spot, but he has looked more comfortable. I agree. You know, I don't think he's really a stretch four. you know, I think a lot of times the league is going towards what they want the power forward to be kind of a stretch four, shoot three, kind of keep the floor space. So the point guard, especially when you have a really good point guard, can get to the rim, but he fits better in as a center, even more like a Steven Adams in some sense. I mean, I see have as a better player than him right now for sure, but just the kind of guy that isn't going to shoot a ton of threes, but, is going to fight for the rebounds and be kind of a tough guy down low. And I think, I think really you got to think about it that Sabonis has probably learned from Adams I and players a lot of times copy what they see. And I think that was what Sabonis said. He kind of saw Steve Adams that I can be
2: like that kind of guy. Well, and that's one thing the Thunder do well is, is develop their big man. They've they have a big man coach named Mark Bryant who played in the league forever and he's done an exceptional job with their big. So just the fact that he started in Oklahoma City, I think, was a good was a good jumping off point for him. And uh, I I have, I have a lot of. I'm pretty high on Sabonis. I I really liked him coming out of the draft and Sam Presti, you know, for all the heat he takes for the James Harden trade, he, he nails lottery picks for the most part. Not everyone's has a perfect draft record, but Sabonis was a huge part of that trade to get when they draft or when they traded to get Victor Oladipo. Sabonis was a main focal point of that trade and you're seeing why he has a lot of potential. And I think he's going to be a very good player in the league. Yeah. You're right about Presti. I mean, the
1: Harden trade is gonna be the one thing people remember forever, just just because. But he is a, I mean, he's you can't fire him at Jim because he's one of the best gyms in this league. I mean, the way he this offseason he orchestrated this whole team is just incredible. The way he was able to get Carmel and PG and it basically sealed Westbrook staying long term. So that was a great job that. And so yeah, I mean, he's great at picking out talent. I mean. If you give him a top five pick, I bet Presley picks the best guy in the draft almost every time. I mean, he did it his three years with Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, and he's done it. You know, he's even with Adams, who he drafted like 12th overall, I think, right? Adams is the 12th overall pick. Mm -hmm. He's done an incredible job. And I think Sabonis' problems last year a little bit where he hit like the 40-game mark and just kind of fell off because he probably hasn't played that many games in a season at that kind of level. And I think a lot of time with rookies, you know, they – they can they can play they get kind of hyped up for the season they don't really understand how they have to kind of slow walk their way through the season and kind of ease themselves
2: into it instead of going 110
1: from game one because it takes a lot of energy to play in an nba
2: season no you nailed it it's almost as if you watched all 82 games last year for the thunder because they you actually the rookie wall is this mythical thing but you could really visibly see it with sabonis he absolutely hit that rookie wall that you mentioned and i think that's when sabonis really slowed down last year so you're You're right on point there. Uh, Let me ask you, how do Indiana fans view Paul George? Because I know it's different than Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was a free agent. Paul basically said, I'm leaving. So it's kind of similar. How has he received in Indiana? I know those first games in Oklahoma City, but just what are the overall thoughts from Indiana fans on Paul George? So
1: I think right now, India fans are hurt.
2: I You probably feel the
1: same way about Durant. I mean, yes, technically he was traded technically, but really he left. I mean, he said he wanted to leave and that's why they traded him. If Durant had said the year before he was going to leave, the Thunder would have traded him the same type of thing. So they're hurt, hurt by it. And, you know, the team had struggled the past few years. And I think after seeing the way the Patriot team is this year and the way he's was playing with the Thunder just that first game, particularly where he looked like he was a willing spot-up shooter, you understand why he wanted to leave. You know, I always can't justify why Durant wanted to leave, but you can justify why George wanted to leave. You know, the Pacers had not built a very good team around him. They had a, you know, early in his career, they had a really good roster with Roy Hibbert, and they had this really big, you know, good identity of a defensive, going to take you, you know, we're going to play to at 90 points, and whoever gets 90 is going to win. And then they kind of lost that identity once George got hurt with his leg injury. But I think ultimately still, he felt hurt. I mean, this is the guy who – was at, on the team for seven years. When he broke his leg, the fans embraced him. They welded him back. I mean, it just it just kind of hurts, but, you know, it's is what he is. I still think he's an awesome player in this league. I think he should have made 13 on BA last year. I think he's one of the best 15 players in the league because he is one of the best two-way players in the league. And even if he's not scoring 20 points a game, he's going to give an awesome defensive effort, and he's going to be able to shut down one of the best players on the other team. I think with a Thunder, too, if, if Roberson's on the floor, that's like two of the best defenders in the league.
2: Yeah, and we've seen that so far. Like that's the one thing that has been the biggest positive was when when Robertson and and Paul George are on the floor at the same time, their defense is an absolute nightmare for teams. That that first game of the year, they just overwhelmed the Knicks in the third quarter with their defense. So that that's interesting and I do agree with you that Paul George does kind of think he's Durant-ish with his spot-up shooting, his jump shooting. and I know he wants to be that type of player, but so far, as we've mentioned, he hasn't shot the ball well. But it'll be interesting to see. We've kind of had the, uh, the Thunder reunion tour already this year. We had Ennis Cantor in game one coming back to Oklahoma City. Now uh, Victor Oladipo and Domas Sabonis will, will come back. And they they put a thing on the video board. They didn't do as a big of a deal as I thought they would do for Cantor because he was so beloved and would always go at Durant on Twitter and stuff. <laughs> they, didn't, they just kind of put a message up on the Jumbotron. So I assume that's what they'll do for those two guys too pre-game. Yeah,
1: yeah those guys weren't that long. I don't think there's that much connection. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you'd be respectful because it's guy that was there. Like I'm sure the Pacers will put something for Paul George because he was there seven years, but you got to be respectful because it's it's part of the league is just showing that you respect the players but I, I mean I don't think Oladipo, Sabonis are like hurt they got traded I don't think they feel like they got thrown to the side I think they might be hurt that people out there think that that the Oklahoma City Thunder swindled the Pacers that might be what hurts them but I don't think it's the fact they got traded that really bothers Sabonis or Depot.
2: well I think that's going to be a big factor just in the game like if you're Victor Oladipo and all you've heard all offseason is that the Thunder pulled off a heist and you're sitting over there going wait a second I'm a really good player in myself I think Victor Oladipo is going to treat this game maybe bigger than any he's played thus far, at least this, certainly this season, but maybe in the last couple of years. With yeah, I think it, the narrative and everything.
1: I think there's a chance, too, that Oladipo guards Paul George, which will be kind of interesting to watch. Because the way the Pacers are set up, I mean, you know, you can hide Collison. Well, maybe Oladipo will go Westbrook, but you can kind of try to hide Collison on Roberson and just kind of move it around and let um, – or hide Bogdanovich on Roberson and let Oladipo go after George. And that would be interesting to see if they go – you know, because I think George and Robinson will rotate guarding on Depot in some sense. I don't it obviously Robinson's kind of struggled, so I don't know what they want to do offensively, like who they want to play at what times. But I'd be interested to see if Paul and George would and guard each other. How on Depot takes that personally in some sense because I think I think he has taken it personally. I think he thinks he is could be a top twenty five twenty player in this league and has has it been given the chance to and he kind of has hurt that, hey, people think Paul George is like this awesome much better to be a player. and I think I'm as good as him sometimes Is what.
2: I oh, abs- Absolutely. I mean, it absolutely has to play into his mind. And yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if they get that ISO situation situation where it's just those two, and they kind of clear the floor a little bit. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun to watch. And you mentioned um, Oladipo's three point shooting. He's not that great of a three point shooter, but he is one of the few players in the league that qualify as a three and D guy. He was one of the few guys who qualified on defense and then shot a certain. I can't remember the exact percentage, but he was one of like 20 guys in the league. That uh, had a good, de- the right defici- defense efficiency rating with the right three point shooting range. So he he is a very valuable player in this league, and I think he's underrated. And it's gonna be fun to watch him go up against his old team for sure. And yeah, So you got
1: any predictions for the game? The Pacers are coming off a of back to back, which is kind of makes this game kind of stink. That it's not gonna be you know two full energized, you know, on rest teams. But you got any predictions? I mean, I I, I lean towards Thunder probably going to blow them out. But what's your thoughts?
2: Yeah, the schedule doesn't set up well for Indiana. And we saw that uh, last night for the Thunder against the T-Wolves. It was the third game in four nights, and they really were behind the whole game and, and looked pretty sluggish. So it's one of those kind of schedule, schedule losses in a way for Indiana. Um, but I, I think the Thunder will win, but I don't think they're going to blow them out, Adam. I really don't. I think We haven't seen that yet from the Thunder offensively, where they're capable of doing that. There's been spurts where you kind of raise your eyebrows and go, whoa, this team can be elite, especially when they get out on the break and Russell's running the break with Paul George and those guys. But I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I think uh, the Thunder will win, but I think Indiana will give them all they want. I think I really expect Victor Oladipo to have a big game. I I really do. I think he's going to be very motivated coming to this one.
1: I have to warn you right now, if Olin Depot scores like 28, 30 points and George scores like 10, there's going to be a lot of pacer Twitter shit. You're get. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you personally will get it, but just in general, the pacer Twitter will blow up. It's uh, not a huge base anyways, but like the 30 of us that are on pacer Twitter will get, well, people will be like, Oh, Paul George stinks. And there'll be all this hyperbole and stuff. So just, be aware if that happens you could you could be seeing a lot of those kind of tweets
2: yeah what now Sam Presty where's that robbery you pulled off yeah no I'm, I'm here for it I love NBA Twitter and I love when uh, two, two, I love it when players go against their former team I really do it, the NBA never disappoints in the drama factor but I, I can't wait for the game and uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure
1: yeah I love the NBA it's like a it's like a, um, a reality TV show every day of the year sometimes <laughs> no doubt uh, you got anything else you want to hit promote or anything?
2: Uh, yeah, just locked on Thunder. You can follow us on uh, Megaphone, just like uh, your podcast as well. Uh, one quick question: Miles Turner, one of my favorite players in the league. I know he's missed the first two games, but he played against Brooklyn. Just, um, do you expect him to kind of make make the leap this year? Not necessarily, you know, be, be an all be a starter in the All Star game or anything, but just, what do you expect out of Miles Turner this year? Yeah, so I don't think he's going to play Wednesday because I think
1: he's probably going to still be in the concussion protocol because it usually takes five seven days to get out of that, and he would went to like last thursday but i i'm hoping this year he looked pretty good in that first thing with the nets gotta take that with a grain of salt it is the nets one of the worst teams over the past two years right. not the 76ers but i think he can make that leap into like close to 20 points and 10 rebounding game kind of guy which is just good enough you know um i think only will be the number like the highest scoring player on this Pacers team just because he's gonna have the ball in his hand more than turner was but i think turner can sort of make that next, I'm not sure he makes the leap into like an all star yet. You know, the East obviously is kind of weak, so maybe he could because there just aren't there are probably like six or seven guaranteed East all stars, and the rest are kind of up for grab versus the Western coverage But there's like 40 all stars, it seems like at times. <laughs>
0: yeah. um,
1: but you know, I think he if he keeps pro- progressing. So he was like a 15 point guy last year. He gets to like 18, 20 this year. It'd be good, and then you know 20 plus the following year because he he came in the league as one of the youngest players. He's only 21 years old. So you know. It's just looking towards the future, right? Everything with the Pacers is, listen, it's what they're going to look like in two or three years. So if he just keeps kind
2: of slowly improving,
1: that's a good sign.
2: Well, I got to cover him when he played at Texas here in Big 12 country. And he had this this frame. You know, he hadn't filled it out yet, obviously, in college. But he had this frame and this this skill you could see right away. You're like, whoa, that guy is going to be an NBA player. And he's probably going to be really good. So I've always been a fan of Miles Turner. And I'm looking forward to watching his progress, too. So, so I.
1: You, you don't have any worries about his running style? That's always been kind of like a, people where the run's kind of <laughs> weird. I never really bought into it, but people say that.
2: I didn't notice that. I mean, maybe he looks like a baby deer because he's still kind of filling into that that wiry frame he's got. But uh, no, I, I didn't notice that. But I, all I noticed was he was blocking everything and shooting threes and just looked looked like he had the potential to be an NBA All-Star. And it looks like he's kind of on his on the right path to do that.
1: Yeah, he really has some just like unteachable skills, which is height, ability to run the rim to make plays. You know, he's so good at blocking shots that it's almost ridiculous. And, you know, if he can figure out how to become a stretch five, that's where the NBA is going, and that's makes that can make him one of the best players in the league someday.
2: When do the Thunder go to Indiana? I'm looking forward to that game already. December thirteenth. That's
1: okay. I marked that one on my calendar because obviously <laughs> it's the Paul George reunion game. I'm I'm imagining he's gonna get a ton of booze. I'm excited to see what would happen, see how they embrace him because I think I think there's some pent up rage and anger and kind of like, how dare you leave Indiana? You know, Indiana fans, you know, we think we're the greatest city on earth, you know, I'm from Indianapolis. So I think it's the greatest city on earth, even though it might not be. And just, you know, there's some of that, that feeling, but you know, like I said, I understand why George left ultimately because the team was not very good around him.
2: Yeah. It's a basketball state. Um, you know, they love their basketball in Indiana. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, frown upon them booing. I mean, that's just, that's their right as a fan. And I, I understand why Paul left, but I I do expect him to get some booze. I think Paul even has said in the last few weeks that he expects that when he goes back. But I can't wait for that game. We'll have to do a podcast then too.
1: Yeah, so you probably can relate to it with Kevin Durant. I'm sure he got a ton of booze and cupcake calls when he came in to Oklahoma City last
2: year. Oh yes, it was. I'm sure you saw it on national TV. It was it was insane and. It was more of just how Kevin left. You know, he left in like the middle of the night, didn't even put out like a thank you thing in the paper, Did not, literally went out of his way to just kind of leave in the middle of the night for the Golden State Warriors. So it was more of how he left. People were going to be mad regardless, obviously, but Kevin did himself no favors in the PR department. So I, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if there'll be cupcake signs for, for Paul George, but uh, I, I expect a, a pretty loud booing reception for him as well. Yeah, we'll
1: definitely have to do another pod around then i'm sure yeah we'll talk about it. i'm sure we'll do one on that day or the day before because by that point we'll, the season will have been probably 30 games in so we'll know a little bit more about our teams because right now it's sort of still up in the air because they're such young and new teams um well thanks for joining me carson and this has been the locked on pacers uh for wednesday and have a great rest of your day
2: hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music